We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, hour number three. We're rolling along here. John Dickinson and Larry Kruger in for Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. We'll get back into some 49er conversation coming up here, but uh, let's get back into the Warriors with our Warriors insider, and it's Anthony Slater joining us here. Uh, Slater, what's going on, my man? Good to be with you. It is. How how's everybody? Yeah, we're we're doing well, getting uh, through the holiday and and getting on in uh, deeper into this eight game homestand that uh, continues with the the Warriors and the Hornets. And uh, just right off the top, we we started talking about you know this is always one of those nights where things get revisited as far as you, you know, Lamelo Ball's coming in. You've got James Wiseman playing a little better these last couple of games, especially against Memphis. Uh, but how how do you view? the 2020 draft right now as far as it it shook out with the Warriors taking Wiseman, haven't gotten a lot from him, LaMelo with Charlotte. I mean, is it too strong to say the Warriors made a mistake? And what's your sense for how the Warriors view it at this point? I mean, no, it's not. I mean, they got eight minutes from Wiseman the other day, and it felt like a very positive step forward, right? Uh, And we're talking about third year of the second overall pick, so... You know, you can look at LaMelo, who was uh, among the three they were really contemplating up top. Anthony Edwards being the other one, obviously, went number one overall. Um, you could, you know, really second-guess, like, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, trade down and get him. I mean, obviously, that would have been the home run option. Um, but, you know, how do the Warriors view it at this point? It was, like, relatively a consensus pick, and that's the thing. It doesn't seem like it's it's – you know, a mistake that is fracturing, you know, different factions within the Warriors. Uh, I think at this point they're just trying to maximize what James Wiseman is in the current moment. And um, as we, you know, take the blow-by-blow, play-by-play of James Wiseman's career, again, it is not great for where he's at right now, but there have been minor positive steps, I think, in the last month, uh, you know, sending him down to the G League and then at least seeing some small things lately that um, make you believe, hey, maybe he can 
help a little bit in the rotation. I think we're going to see it again tonight because Jermichael Green uh, remains protocol. Anthony, when are we going to see Wiggins? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, the, I, I could see middle of his homestand, but I also was being told Christmas. Uh, that was the target date, and he is still out. Obviously, he missed that game. I can see why you don't want to debut him on a back-to-back. You don't want to double-dip him right here. Uh, they want to see him get some live scrimmage action, uh, which he has not yet. So maybe the Portland game, the 30th, uh, you know, right after that, they have two off days, which will include a big practice. So you might be talking January 2nd on Wiggins. They're still kind of trying to figure that out, but they need him soon. Yeah, no, no question, and and yeah, that's that's kind of the follow up is you know when when with such a compacted schedule do you get live work and what would that live work consist of? Is that five on five scrimmaging? Is that is that three on three with uh, you know some of the some of the staff? I mean, how how does that look for for the Warriors yeah. when they want to get it in? You know, I've heard he's done a little three on three. You know, I don't know how you know active that was. I think what they really want to see is is the five on five. You know, where you play like five straight minutes like you would, you know, during a segment. Especially, you know, Wiggins is a 38-minute per night, like every night type player. So they want to get him out there five on five long segments before they green light him to play. How do you do that during a schedule like this? It's tougher, but, you know, you can bring a G League team up. I mean, they they, they do it all the time. Obviously, some coaches can play. Uh, the younger guys uh, can always kind of uh, join a scrimmage. But, again, I, I am starting to, you know, look at that two-day break they're going to have between – it's a Portland game. I don't even know who the, maybe you're looking at. at Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. on Monday. Yeah. Maybe you get like a Sunday really good square or maybe a Saturday, you know, during that weekend. For that, That's kind of the, the, the area I seem to be targeting. Who? Give me a team in the West that you actually think could beat the Warriors in a seven-game playoff series. Um, A fully healthy, realized Clippers team if Kawhi Leonard looks like Kawhi Leonard, but, like, should I believe that that is ever going to happen again? I don't know. Um, You know, Memphis was – Memphis gave them a difficult series last year, and I know this is, like, probably not a popular time to be saying I can see Memphis, you know, giving them, uh, you know, hell in a seven-game series, but I can still see that. I don't see Denver. I just, like, you know, if the Warriors are healthy with Curry, I just think Denver can't guard them. Um, OC Phoenix. I mean, they've kind of proven themselves to be frauds in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, where are you guys at? Yeah, no, it's it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think Memphis is is among those, although, you know, the, the take on the Grizzlies for me changes a little bit, and, and maybe it shouldn't necessarily based on, on Sunday, but it just it, it just kind of said to me, Slater, that you know, when the Warriors want to dial it up, and they clearly would want to dial it up against them maybe more than any other team, they can they can find a, a gear, and, and, and I don't want to say in, in the Grizzlies' heads a little bit, but it, it looked... A, Kind of like that on, on on Sunday, and and the Grizzlies have done a lot of talking, and with with every loss, it almost it, it makes me wonder. You know, the Grizzlies might be able to beat everybody else, but if they had to to play the Warriors, the Warriors may have a little something for them. I think we disagree a little bit on Denver. Uh, you know, I think if Denver could get Murray back to a point that he hasn't been able to quite hit yet with Jokic and and all of that, I think they could be a team that that gives them a run. But for me, it's not as much about. You know, can the Warriors beat any one team? To me, it's more the the collective of can they beat Memphis and Phoenix and Denver, and then have enough left in the tank for for Milwaukee or Boston or or Brooklyn or, or whoever comes out of the East. Well, by the way, probably going on the road for all those series. 
productive, you right. know, at least what they're current, you know, where they are in the standings right now. Um, you know, with the Denver matchup, it's just to me, it's going to be fifty-five high screens with Steph Curry and Jordan Poole for Nikola Jokic to guard game after game after game, and I just. They've always liked that matchup. They loved getting them as the six last year, three six. Um, you know, and I get, like you said, there's no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter, really. You know, last year, so Denver profiles more formidably. Bruce Brown helps, KCP helps, but I just I don't view them as that much of a threat. I I'm waiting for the Clippers to co- come together and have like a ten game regular season stretch where Kawhi and Paul George both look like themselves, and then I. I would say that's the team, but I still haven't seen that. I kind of like Dallas a little bit. Just getting Christian Wood, you got a healthy Hardaway Jr. I, to me, they look pretty good. The one thing I'm not concerned about is I'm not concerned about what seed the Warriors are. To me, it's just about can they have can they can they get you know healthy and find a rhythm, get to May. And you know, have a solid rotation. If they can do all those things, whether it be the two seed, the six seed, the seven seed, I, to me, I, I'd much, their health and their rhythm means so much more than their seed. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, like they need their all of their top six to be available and healthy, which we saw in the playoffs last year. They were fortunate. That's what happened. But beyond those top six having to be there when it matters. They need to figure out seven, eight, nine in the rotation. And, you know, they are 16 and 18 right now, but I think they're starting to get some decent answers. Dante DiVincenzo has been, like, really good the last month, and that's been huge. No, and I, I think Dante DiVincenzo would be somebody that, that you almost, by the end of the year, I think maybe even now the Warriors would consider a, a seventh, right, uh, among that group. Yeah. You've got the six, and then he's he's the seventh that you would trust in a in a playoff series or in a playoff run. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, and we're joined by Anthony Slater here, our 95-7 The Game Warriors insider, is just uh, kind of along those lines, but taking a different spin to it, just the, the sense of urgency for this homestand. I know it was a little bit of a blow. Had to be not having Wiggins back when, when I think they did hope they could get him back on, on Christmas. Didn't quite. Out tonight. Probably tomorrow as well. Uh, but, you know, the Warriors played with a sense of urgency against Memphis. Do you think they've got a sense that they, they really want to try to lock in here, even without Steph and Wiggins, and try to bring that level of intensity? Like, just gauge for us the, the level of urgency to not dip even farther below 500 by winning some of these games on this homestand, even shorthanded. Yeah, I think it's there. Um, you know, I we've seen it at home all year. I mean, it isn't like they, they you know, they, they maybe had one or two dull games at home, but only have two home losses. Uh, that's mostly been with Steph Curry. I do expect them to, you know, just from a defense effort level to, to show up. Like, you know, tonight, Utah, I think the winnable game tomorrow, Portland, Atlanta. I mean, all these games, like, you cannot, without Steph Curry and without Wiggins, you can't just assume any wins. Like, they could be beaten in any of these next seven, but, like, they're almost all winnable. You got Phoenix in there. That's going to be difficult. Um, but I think they got to be, like, thinking six and two, five and three. And, and that sounds like you think, you know, unrealistic considering what they have been without Steph Curry the last, you know, handful of years. They're basically always, like, two and seven over nine game stretches. But um, winnable home games, desperation time, Jordan Poole, I expect. Uh, you know, they just need what they got out of him the other day, what they got out of him in Toronto. They just they need that on a consistent basis. He needs to be hot from three. Clay Thompson needs to probably have one one or two big games peppered in here. But I think it's available to them, and they're at home. They're getting practice time and all that. Draymond Green's, like, 
energized. I think he's coming with good force, and and that usually spells competitiveness for them at least. You know, the guy who's so impressive to me when I when I've seen him, and I've only seen glimpses, but Patrick Baldwin Jr. I mean, the ball comes off his hand just it's a thing of beauty and he seems to know how to play he's the son of a coach i know he's a rookie and and they're and they got a very a lot of young guys here but what any chance that baldwin gives them something down the stretch and that he could work his way into the rotation because there's some high he's a beneath the rim kind of a player but there's some high end ability there yeah, I mean, you saw the shot in Brooklyn, right? He came on the court, he hit like five threes in about 10 minutes, and suddenly they had cut that lead from 40 to 19. Um, but his he seems to get banged up pretty easily. Obviously, he's, they, they're just kind of getting his ankle right. It's been like two years of like really pretty deep ankle troubles that he's had, but it sounds like they finally solved getting him in the building. Um, but, you know, he goes down to the G League and it's back soreness and it's a thumb issue, and I just think that the grind of the NBA season and all that, like I, it, to me, it just doesn't seem like they plan on him battering this year in the rotation. It's almost like this project that won't even really get off the ground in an NBA setting until next season. Um, especially with, you know, Wiseman, they're trying to still fit Wiseman in. They can barely get him in. He's getting eight minutes, even with Jermichael Green out. Jermichael Green will come back. Andre Iguodala is probably going to show up at some point. Um, I think if they went trade market hunting and tried to get you know fringe rotation guys or a buyout market, it would probably be in the front court. So I just think he's too buried, and the plan is too much of like a next season with Baldwin and working with him behind the scenes on his body and his game. Anthony, looking at, at the Memphis game, it, you could make the case it was you know the first game or, or one of a handful of games you know really in, in the last couple of years. And Wiseman obviously missed all of last year, but they they got positive contributions from the lottery picks all on the same night all helped them to win a game uh do you see that as the template moving forward here as far as giving them opportunities i mean they even played well all three on the floor together at the same time which is something that you know hasn't happened a lot but when it has it's been disastrous for for the warriors uh just what do you see as far as some short-term sustainability while they're a little shorthanded on this homestand as far as trying to carve out more from from Wiseman like what they got against Memphis and also seeing Kaminga and and even Moody get those opportunities. Yeah, you know, that was against like one of the deepest teams in the league the other night too. That was what was so impressive about it. Um, I think Kaminga is pretty solidified. You know, he's. We talked about the answers. They're trying to get the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Uh, you know, part of the rotation. I think he's there. Um, there's some nights are better than others. He was a little sluggish in Toronto, and his knee was bothering me. Only plays five minutes. There'll be those nights within there, but I think most times, you know, tonight he'll probably play twenty, twenty-five minutes. He's probably going to get, uh, you know, some of the little mellow ball assignment tonight. Just what he can do defensively, they don't have elsewhere, and they really need. Uh, switchable, you know, can, can kind of take primary assignments. So I think he's set. Moody, uh, you know, he's he's had a tough time leaping. You know, he's not going to leap DiVincenzo in the rotation. Tied to Rome. I mean, Steve Kerr loves having him, uh, you know, an extra ball handler out there. So it, it's even been difficult for him to, to get ahead of Jerome. Um, so I still think he's going to live somewhat on the fringes. And then as far as Wiseman goes, I mean, Tonight feels crucial. Tomorrow even feels crucial if Jermichael Green's not back because I think that is his path to 
a rotation spot and not maybe, you know, uh, another trip to the G League is stay ahead of Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green has left the door open. He has not been that impressive this season. Uh, and if, if James Wiseman can just play minutes like he did the other night defensively, I'm only looking at him on the defensive end, then I think he can stay ahead of Jermichael Green. But I can't say that's definitely coming after only seeing eight minutes. It was encouraging, but we'll see again tonight. You know, we're in late December. The trade deadline is, what, five, six weeks away, roughly. What is Bob Myers' mode, do you think, this time of year? I mean, is he is he looking for a particular piece? Is he uh, just in listen mode? How, how would you term, uh, you know, Myers' thoughts as, uh, as the thing approaches? Yeah, it's, it's Myers, and it's their, you know, long list of, of other front office members. I know some of them were out at the G League Showcase in Vegas last week. Well, you know, Myers was in New York with the team. Um, that's when, you know, you hear kind of leaks. Now I got zapped there. Oh, there we go. You're back. Yeah, so, I mean, trade trade conversations, I think, lead wider starting to pick up, uh, you know, especially as January gets here, but it's... Uh, it feels quiet in the league overall right now, and, and, and I, I don't expect a big swing from the Warriors. I expect if they do go to the market, it's more, again, like a, an eighth, ninth man, like an upgrade on a Jermichael Green rotation spot. Maybe they they use one of their younger, younger guys, but uh, historically, Bob Myers' front office has been quiet in season. They made the big one a few years ago, the Wiggins for, for D'Angelo Russell swap, but that was like they were – that season was over by the time they made that. That was a 50 and 50 year. They really just work around the edges. And to me, I actually look buyout more than, than trade market because buyout means you don't have to use any assets, number one. And two, they can offer potential buyout guys minutes. And that appeals to, to buyout candidates. Usually they're leaving teams and they want to go somewhere they're basically guaranteed to play. And I think the Warriors might have a, an opening for, for, you know, a ninth man, something like that. Anthony, great stuff. We really appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. All right, fellas. All Thanks, right, Anthony, Anthony Slater joining us here on 95.7 The Game, our 95.7 The Game Warriors insider. Some good stuff from Slater. Well, and, and you know, this time of the year, it's like, you know, you, you've played that first part of the year. You've kind of seen what you have. Now you're, I, I wouldn't call this the dog days of the NBA season. This is kind of like now where teams start yeah. to plot what they're going to do at the trade le- deadline. And I'd love to know Bob Myers thinking, you know, how he really feels about his chances going forward. What do you think of uh, Bob not having a contract? You know, that story broke a couple of weeks ago. I think before the Boston game, Woj came out with his report. You know, it was the first ABC showcase game. So you got to have something a little bit on each team. And, and his nugget on the Warriors was the fact that, that Bob Myers contract up at the end of this season and no, no you know nothing on the table at this point between Bob and, and the Warriors what was what was your kind of read on that well you know it's it is interesting because it's irregular it's not something that's just want a title yeah, yeah you just want a title and it makes you think is does Bob want to keep his options open does Joe want to hold his feet to the fire is there some un- uncertainty is there some is there some division in the ranks between how you know the, about the thoughts on James Wiseman or you know who they should have gone with when they had that high lottery pick 
Um, I don't know. Then at the same time, you've got Joe's got his his children involved. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between Bob Myers and his children? Well, he likes Bob Myers. He loves his children. You know what I mean? Sure. Right? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, um, you know, does maybe Joe want one of his kids to take over as the general manager? I think that would be a huge mistake. I really do. And I'm not knowing, I'm not saying that those guys couldn't do the job. It's just that I think the, the, the optics... Are, are become a problem there if, if you don't have immediate and instant success. Yeah, part of me wonders if, if maybe Bob just might be done of, on his own terms. Like, I, I could see a scenario where the, the, the run of, you know, becoming a good team and then becoming a championship-level team and winning a title and not winning a title and then everything that surrounded them going and adding Durant to the mix and all the logistics that had to be done to make that happen. And they win a couple of more titles. And, and then things get edgy and there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes with Durant. And, and is he going to stay? Is he going to go? We all knew he was probably going to go. But they had to play out an entire season with the cloak of that hanging over. And then they don't win the title, but not only do they not win the title, but the weight of Durant losing a season of his career on the last night that, that he plays in that game five, and then Clay losing what would end up being two, two years. But on you know game six, you know he's out for the next season on the last night of that season. I could see a scenario where Bob maybe felt like, you know what, it's been a hell of a run. It, it, it might be time to walk away. But Bob is such a, he's such a thoughtful guy, such a good good human, really, that, that I could see him almost sticking it out because it would be a bad look if you're jumping ship at the, at the end of the, the five finals in a row run, you know, as it looks like things are about to get bleak. So I could almost see Bob, you know what, I want to stick with it to see if, we can make some draft picks and if we can make another run back to a title and then you do it, you know, against a lot of odds, you're, you're able to, to get back and, and win a title. He's a big part of, you know, Otto Porter and Bielitsa and Gary Payton, the second and bringing all these guys and cobbling together one more run. I, I could see Bob almost coming to grips with, you know what? I'm going to stick it out when the waters got rough and see what happens, but this is going to be it for me. I, I, I don't, really think that this is necessarily and I could be dead wrong but I don't think this is a, a scenario of you know Joe Lake of maybe not coming to the table or not being happy with Bob I, I feel like maybe this is Bob just saying it's time and we'll see but that's sort of my read on it and I know there hasn't really been any information people have been kind of quiet about it overall but I, just my, my, my theory on that one to this point well you know it, it, it's interesting I I get the sense, and and I don't know this, I I have no sources on this, but I get the sense that Joe, in his intensity, can wear wear you. Yeah, I think he can wear you. I think that's part of it, and I think he's. I think it's difficult to work for a billionaire uh, owner who has his children involved and who has strong thoughts on everything from, you know, <laughs> who, who he wants to extend, who he doesn't want to extend, who he wants to trade for, who he, who he doesn't want yeah. to trade for. The second timeline, you know, wave of, you know, trying to win championships five years from now, ten years from now. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I would not fault Joe Lacob um, for a second if he was the one who was pushing the two timelines. Why? Because he spent an enormous uh, sum of money to build that opulent palace. 
And now it's like you can't have you can't drive that thing off the cliff um, in two years. You need that. You need to have a reason for people to keep coming to games beyond the timeline of Steph and Draymond and, and Clay, right? So I for him to want a second timeline, I think aligns with his business goals. Sure. But as far as you got business goals, you got basketball goals. You know, your basketball goals, do they take precedent? Or do your business goals take precedent? And may who knows? I mean, we, we you know, we don't know. They these guys could be all on the same page, or they could just be publicly all on the same page and privately they could all be on different pages. No, it's a good thought. Uh, he's Larry Kruger. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. We'll get back into some 49ers conversation. Uh, this Brock Purdy deal uh, was, was jumping off, so we'll get back into that uh, as this segment presented by the Golden State Warriors. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, we're rolling along here on a Tuesday. John Dickinson and Larry Kruger were in for Damon and Ratto till 6 o'clock. Warriors Live coming up then, 888-957-9570. We'll reopen up the phone lines. Get back into the 49ers conversation on the Xfinity Mobile text line, Larry. You had one that just popped up, and it goes to a statement you made right before yeah. Anthony Slater joined us, uh, the 510. Uh, a little bit of condescension here. I know you guys both could care less, uh, but <laughs> but I can't listen to what you're saying anymore when you said they would lose the room. Uh, could care less or couldn't care less? Uh, he said... <laughs> What did he say? He said, yeah, could, yeah, exactly. I could care less. He said, I could care less. Uh, Well, they said they would lose the room if they put Jimmy G in, uh, if he was healthy and they have to win a game. Done listening. Good day to you, sir. (laughs) I understand why you would uh, have strong feelings, but um, that's how much better Brock Purdy has been than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. And it's pro sports. And in pro sports, the players expect the best players to play. So yeah, guys would say all the right things. Guys would, you know, to the media, they would say, oh yeah, we're happy with whomever. Um, but Shanahan wouldn't do it. Like if, if Garoppolo were healthy right now, I don't think they would go back to Garoppolo. 
I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. No, I think, and I, I said this yesterday, I think a scenario that the Niners may welcome, I think they definitely would, would be one where Garoppolo is healthy enough to be the backup. Which is why they haven't put him on the IR. At this point, given the way Purdy has played. And then, I mean, if if you had him, and I, I kind of laid this out just for fun yesterday, could you imagine if Purdy got him to the championship game and then got hurt and Garoppolo was able to come back and ended up winning the Super Bowl? Yeah. You'd go from Trey to Jimmy to Brock, back to Jimmy. You win it with three quarterbacks. They all kind of play their their own little bit, their little bit part in it. But I think that's the scenario where... Yeah, Purdy would have to really struggle, but I think they'd love to have Jimmy as the backup for the playoff run. And and look, Jimmy's probably not going to be 100% at any point between now and, and the end of the year, but could he get to 80%, which makes him capable of being a backup? I think that may be on the table. One of the things that came up yesterday, J.D., in the, uh, in the Kyle Presser was that Shanahan kind of showed his cards. Um, one, I think the 49ers know they made a mistake when they brought Curtis Robinson, a special team linebacker, off of IR, and that took one of their IR mm-hmm. returnee designations away from them. Right, So now they have to choose between... They brought Kinlaw back, so they have one more guy right. that they can pull off of IR. And Shanahan basically admitted yesterday in the presser to uh, the press corps that it's going to be uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, that they're waiting for Mitchell to get healthy, and that it, it, it could be Mitchell, it could be Ridgeway, but it sounds like it's going to be Elijah Mitchell. Um, and he didn't confirm it, but he basically made it sound like that's their thinking, and so Mitchell will probably get that last returnee designation. I mean, really, it's amazing that the 49ers have been able to do this. They've had this great run here, largely without Debo and Mitchell. I mean, in the last couple of weeks. So um, it just kind of shows where they're at. I, you know, I just think Purdy's playing at a really, really high level. And he he's the perfect guy to operate Kyle's system. Um, and he makes all the throws. I mean, he can make all the throws. He's ideally fit for a system that's a run-oriented system and that requires you to make efficient throws. And he makes those efficient throws. He's a great distributor. Um, you know, he's very, very accurate, and he's got really, really quiet feet. He's calm in the pocket, um, and he makes these short and intermediate throws just rep- repeatedly, and they're just perfect. They're just, he throws, throws strikes all day underneath, and those were the throws that Trey really struggled with. Um, and then you mix in the improv skills and the fact that Purdy's kind of a chain mover. I just don't think, I think the Niners right now, if you're a Niner fan, you got to feel really good. They've got incredible bevy of weapons. Christian McCaffrey has absolutely given them a huge shot in the arm. Um, they've got one quarterback that's playing at a really high level. They got another quarterback in Garoppolo who might be able to serve as his backup down the stretch or in the playoffs. And you got the number one defense that just you know, just absolutely wrecked shop on on Heineke and Wentz. You know, pressuring them constantly. So they get they got a great equation. And I heard uh, you know Steiny with uh, with um, you know the uh, the Evan yeah well not Evan, the the, uh, the guest they had oh yeah um, uh, um, I forget his name but. Uh, Anyway, uh, <laughs> I do know him, but I forget his name. Anyway, I was listening to him. He's a big Eagle guy. And basically yeah. was just saying. So Ross Tucker? Ross Tucker. Yeah. yeah. And Ross Tucker, you know, wanted to say, hey, I got the Niners higher on my power rankings. But then he wanted to say, but I think the Eagles are going to beat them in the playoffs. I don't think the Eagles are going to beat the Niners in the playoffs. And we'll see. That game's going to be in Philly. I mean, that's that's Most the ultimate matchup. That's I, I feel like the Niners are, are probably going to beat 
everybody else that they would face. That's the one, and it goes back even a couple of weeks ago. We had the discussion about it. I think you know that atmosphere with the Super Bowl on the line. I think that would be unlike anything that the 49ers have faced at any point. Like, yeah, they had Lambeau in the in the frigid temperatures, and it started snowing in the second half. That's different than you know 100,000 at Cowboy Stadium, but. 40,000 of them are Niner fans, even in a, in a playoff game. Very different than the pseudo home field advantage they had in the NFC Championship game against the Rams that they, they lost last year. I think there's something to, hey, the Eagles have been the best team all year. And in that environment at Philly, like that is, that's a, that's just, that's another level up, I think, based on really anything this team has seen in the last four years of them being good in terms of, of atmosphere and, and having to win a big game. Philly's a great running Unbelievable team. test. They're a great running football team. Yep. The Niners have not given up. Forget a 100-yard rusher. Forget 90-yard rusher. Forget 80-yard yeah, rusher. 70. Forget 70-yard rusher. I don't think the Niners have given up a 60-yard rusher this year. So, I mean, they... You know they're 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 I think gonna be in a pretty good spot. We'll see. And then also you got the Niner defensive front against a Jalen Hurts with a bum shoulder. And you know I saw Travis Gibson fall on that shoulder. Um, and we'll see. You know we'll 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 see when one this idea that Hurts was gonna play against Dallas. No, no chance of that. No. And I'd be surprised if he plays this week. I just think when when a two hundred seventy pound defensive end bounces on your throwing shoulder, you're probably out for a few weeks. So I, you know it's very it's possible at least that you get hurts with not a hundred percent shoulder. Um, but yeah, Philly's a hostile place to play, and the fans will be you know raucous and loud. But you know Brock Purdy's also just one in Seattle. So I mean, is it going to be any louder than Seattle? I, I think it would be much more hostile at this point. And I, I was up there for the game in Seattle, and I was up there three years ago for the the Week 17 game in Seattle as well. That was it was night and day the difference from this year to there were a lot more Niner fans there, still full throat Seahawks fans and twelves and all that running around. But I, I thought compared to 2019 in that game, it was it was a different level in 2019. It was far more hostile and loud and and just bothersome uh, in in 2019 than it was for that Thursday night game. I think I think the Seahawks fans kind of knew that the jig was up a little bit with that squad. There was one quote JD from Kyle Shanahan. I don't have it in front of me, but he basically said, "Brock allows me to call the plays I need to call." There you go. And. It's like a, that to me is a loud statement. Basically, he's been coaching around the quarterback for most of his time here with the 49ers. Now he can just he can just play call, play sequence, play design, knowing that he can call what he wants to call in every situation because he's got confidence. That's his way of saying I've got tremendous confidence in Brock Purdy. Well, so we'll see. And that that goes back to the question that we were discussing earlier, which is you know have you seen enough to know that Brock Purdy is the quarterback for 2023, at, at least going into it, or is there something that can change between now and then, 888-957-9570? I think that answer in quote form from Kyle Shanahan, to me that tells the story because you know, all quarterbacks are going to have bad games, but the ability, and, and that's the one thing we haven't seen in fairness, the one thing we really haven't seen from Brock, and you know, we were joking about earlier, you don't want to necessarily see him have to overcome adversity, but he really hasn't had to overcome any adversity to this point, I, I would I would push okay. back on that. Okay, here's my adversity. Where you're down against the Dolphins, you didn't even know you were going to play. 
they're beating you in your backyard, and now they're it's jailbreak. They're sending Van Ginkle and all these guys on all these blitzes. Sure. They blitzed the crap they out did. of Brock Purdy, and he handled it and threw some strikes. So I he would did, say there was I, a lot of pressure I, in that moment. But I think that's a free, I think that's almost a freebie. Like you're coming in, you're not. There's, ex- no, expectations. there's no expectations. So yeah. I think that okay. one's a freebie. I think the way he, I mean, I think the way the Tampa game, there wasn't a lot of adversity, but I think he handled himself very well in in, in that game as far as the blitzes and all the different things as as well. So I think that's an extension of it. You know what I wonder? And this this was a thought that I had. What kind of adversity you going for? back? Two well, touchdowns well, of uh, well, falling no, into a fourteen nothing uh, hole. You, or? You, you set me up perfect because I had it. It popped into my head exactly, and this didn't. I mean, it didn't happen, but it almost did. The Seattle game is the example for me where they're up 7-3 and the game is, you, know, you feel like they should be up more. He throws that ball to Diggs that, that if he catches is probably going the other way for a touchdown. And the Niners had controlled that thing, but but the score hadn't at that point dictated. they were control- You throw a pick six in that environment, even though it was muted compared to three years ago, you go down 10-7 and then the joint is really jumping at that point. And you got to lead the 49ers back in in a game like that from down with the division on the line. That it's that kind of subtle. Hey, you threw that bad pass and had to pay for it, and now how do you bounce back? Because we've seen Jimmy do that and bounce back and be effective. Some quarterbacks, especially young ones, will crumble. I kind of wish, in hindsight, we'd gotten to see how he handled that particular situation. Here's more adversity. How about the Keanu Neal helmet-to-helmet on the very first play of the game? Smoked Purdy. Um, probably should have been called... Hel- no, it was. Actually. It was. It was, yeah, it was, no, it it was. was called helmet-to-helmet. Um, but, I mean, you take a helmet-to-helmet hit, and then he made three or four great plays on that drive. They said and, it woke him up. I mean, yeah. he was kind of the Jimmy response to it. Like, hey, I need to get hit to realize I'm alive. Well, and then this Washington team, I mean, you had Chase, Chase Young... And Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. I mean, those are four blue chip players, all basically high picks, and they were coming flying after you behind, you know, behind a line that, you know, has struggled at times. So I mean, I I I hear what you're saying. He hasn't been in that he hasn't been buried. He's been play, been able to play from ahead for the most yeah. part. He hasn't had to play from like a two and, like a ten point or you know, fourteen point sure. deficit. And the scary part is again, you don't you don't want to have to do that in a playoff game. Like you don't want that. Although, hey, if you do it in a playoff game, then just forget it. Put them in. Put them in in 2012. You get down, you know, ten three in a playoff game or fourteen to three or something like that. You maybe have a bad pick. You come back and win that game. At that, you know, at that point, all bets are off. But I think no 49er fan would want to see that coming in as far as you know the way things. You don't want that first adversity to be in that first playoff game. But now looking at the last two games the 49ers have and the Raiders could be eliminated before kickoff on Sunday. I right. mean, they're effectively eliminated anyway, but could be officially eliminated before kickoff. I mean, that could be 1-2-3 Cancun. I mean, there was even a report that Derek Carr may not play in the in the game on Sunday. So it's hard to fathom there's going to be too much adversity in these last two weeks is what I'm getting at. But you still have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones coming off the edges. That's a good point. There might not be too many tandems that are more ferocious than that. You know, and then Arizona's got uh what Golden and I guess JJ Watt's retired. Yeah. JJ Watt not going to play. Is he right. not playing any more games? It's I I think he's out. Or is yeah. he just out at the I, end of I the think, year? Well I think he's out. Well hadn't he what I think he'd been well he had been out and then he came 
Did he come back? I, I am not. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I've tuned I out watched the Cardinals. Buccaneers Cardinals, I, but I don't remember. I don't remember if I if I saw JJ or not. But either way, I mean, uh, Cardinals have a defensive front, and they're a divisional opponent. Um, that game will be at Levi's. Yeah, you know, it, you know, the one thing about Brock though that that is interesting is that. And it was the one part for me that I didn't know about until I met the guy. But the guy's got crazy competitive. I mean, you want to go see, you know, the best quarterbacks. It's like, what do, what do they all have in common? Tom Brady, Joe Montana, uh, Russell Wilson. You pick your great quarterback whatever year. Um, they are all insanely competitive. And that's the one thing about Brock, if you don't if you don't know him, is that he's just very, very, very competitive. So you mix in those other traits and then all the experience he had with this incredible competitive gene. And there's a belief in that room in this guy. Um, and it's really interesting because you would think most teams on their third string quarterback, they're done. I mean, they're mm-hmm. you got no shot. Not only are the Niners not done, there's this kind of optimism, there's this energy around this team that the rank-and-file guy on this roster believes that this third-string quarterback can get it done. So that's something you don't see every day. Well, that's telling, and, and appreciate the hat tip on the Xfinity Mobile text line from the 650. I remember I was listening to this game actually on, on the radio as I was driving from Levi's to to see family in, in Sacramento. Chandler Jones' uh, elbow injury in the in the game on Christmas Eve. Uh, so he's, so he's, done. he's probably done. Yeah, he got carted off, and I think there was a report today that he's not going to play the last two games. Well, and, and, and come on, the, the, you know, on paper, the Niners should beat the Raiders yeah. and the Cardinals, you know, pretty easily. But it is New Year's Day after spending New Year's Eve in Vegas. Yes, it is. So I can't believe the Niners will be rolling through up and down the strip on uh, on New Year's Eve. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see who's uh, who partied on New Year's Eve and who's who got to bed early. I bet there's a what eight p.m. curfew. What's the, what's the curfew look like on on New Year's Eve at the at the team hotel? Will they even fly in that day? Will they fly in the day of the game and just? Well, uh, hey, hey, we'll have a nice party for anybody that wants to, but it'll be right in the hotel and everybody will go to bed at twelve oh five. Hey, happy New Year! All right, off the bed. Wake up calls at seven thirty. Exactly. See you at the stadium. See you at the first bus at 10. Right. Don't be late. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, that is. But it is interesting, though, because they're, they're in an interesting spot right now because they are playing this incredible football. They seem to have uh, almost the perfect quarterback for what they want to do, which is, you know, just run the ball, play action pass off of it. I mean, make a lot of short and intermediate throws, be really efficient with your throws, uh, take care of the football. I mean, that's the one thing. When you hear Shanahan talk about Purdy, like when when he's always when he's asked to evaluate him, he always almost always starts with, well, he's taking care, good care of the football. Well, that's, that's the one thing we haven't seen any other 49er backup be able to do when they've been forced to play. And at times, Jimmy can't do it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, Jimmy, I thought, was having his best year as a pro. And But what is Jimmy known for? He's known for being resilient and tough and being popular in the locker room. But he's also known for these colossal mistakes uh, that he makes. Yep. And this year, he was been able to kind of eradicate that whole, you know, that whole part of his game. You know, he's throwing the ball away. He's moving on to the next play. And... And not surprisingly, he's played his best football, you know, while while do, while taking care of the ball. So, um, you know, 
it's 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 really interesting that Jimmy looked like he was on a path to to you know maybe lead this team as far as can go. Now you're on to the next quarterback. It almost appears like like Purdy is like could almost like they might be able to get further with Brock than they could with Trey or with Jimmy. And by the way, JJ Watt did play. Just looked it up. He was playing in that game. He had. Six tackles in in the game, no sacks, but he's got nine and a half sacks this year. Did play on Christmas against Tampa, so so he'll be there. That'll be the final game of his career. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and you know, he, he'll probably want to go out on top, and he's a big time player. So I mean that, but I gotta think the Forty ers should be able to run the ball on both the Cardinals and the Raiders. Uh, and come away with a victory. But we'll see. We'll see. Because, you know, the, that's the thing. If they can keep that momentum rolling right into the playoffs, um, you know, the 49ers are going to be a really, really tough out. I mean, Bosa's the defensive player of the year in the league. He's play, playing incredibly well. Um, the one concern I guess I have after watching this Washington game is a little bit of their coverage down the field. Sure. You yeah, know, well, especially when Mooney Ward went out. Yeah, it was, and Afonga had some yeah. issues. I mean, they that's the one question. Can the 49ers, you know, uh, cover down the field against the pass and and not give up big plays? I mean, the, if Jahan Dotson doesn't drop that yeah. first that's a, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. You know, there was there was separation between him and the defender, and he was going to go into the end zone. So um, that, I guess, is a little bit of a question. Ultimately, I think the big question is, if Hurts is healthy and the Niners go into Philly, can the Niner D-line put enough pressure on Hurts while he's operating behind one of the NFL's best, best. offensive yep. lines? Can they put enough pressure on Hurts so that Devontae and, and A.J. Brown don't just toast the Niner corners? Because I think if Hurts has all day to throw, well, it, the Niner corners are going to have a hard time standing up to those Eagles receivers. The other concerning part for me is just his ability to to get away. and Because we've seen the mobile quarterbacks be problematic for the 49ers. It's the off-schedule stuff. It's can they keep him in the pocket as right. well. Can they can they surround him? Keep him hemmed in you there. Because to me, it's not... like I think they can get penetration, but... It's what do you do with it, and you know, can you either get him on the ground or prevent him from escaping? Because I think that's where, you know, from Russell Wilson to Justin Fields to Mahomes to you know to Josh Allen, you know, going back a couple years ago in that that game they had to play in Arizona, that Monday night game, the, the guys that can escape and then Give throw it. Are, that has been the kryptonite. Kyler has been a problem for the Niners at times uh, over the, the when he's been healthy. Uh, the, it's the off schedule stuff. It's the stuff where you think you, it just goes against the normal 49er pass rush. Dudes that stand back there and are and are waiting to get hit against any semblance of a of a, a shoddy offensive line, they've just blown those dudes up left and right and forced them into turnovers. But the guys that have the ability to escape get you know have hurt them, and I think that's. That's part of the concern. Now, can can Hertz, you know, make the throws that he's going to need to make in those moments? I mean, we'll see. It's going to be a big game, obviously, for him and, and being a little bit banged up. I mean, that remains to be seen. But and he, what are the conditions going to be like? Yeah, I mean, you, it might not be a day to throw. Could, it's Philly in could be a January. Could be a blizzard for all we know. Could be could be cold and clear. I mean, you're right. Could be could be icy rain. Like there's there's a lot of different things. I mean, that game is still. A month away at this point. I mean, now with everything getting kicked back another week in week 18, I mean, that game would be January 29th. Uh, so, yeah, just still a full month away. It's hard to believe how bad the Niner defense looked against Mahomes and company, giving yeah. up 40 well, plus. They, they have given then, up some big plays. I mean, like you said, I mean, and, and there have been a few big plays that 
that haven't been made by teams like the one with, with the commander. Like they've that's where I've and I don't know where you've been on this. I mean, it's kind of a silly conversation, and we were having it early. But the Bears beat them on a couple of broken plays. You know, the 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 Niners did a great job against Denver, but they were able to go down at the end of the game and hit some plays in the in the passing game. Russ made a couple of plays, maybe the one of the few plays he made all year with his legs to convert some some third downs and move the sticks. But that that's where the conversation stopped for me as far as, hey, this is a great defense. Best defense in the NFL. Like, not historically great, though. Because there have been too many of yeah, those. stop with the 85 too many, Bears. Too many of the, there's been too many of, you know, first play of the game against Miami goes for six. You know, Mahomes torches them. You break down and give up three touchdowns late against the Bears. Like, it's a great defense. It's not a historically great defense, and that's okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the best defense in the league this year. And that's all that matters. But it's not 2,000 Ravens, 2,002 yeah. bucks. It, it's really, really good. I'm I'm eager to see, um, you know, Fafanga, who's, you know, people say, oh, how did Fafanga, you know, wind up on a day three pick? Well, I think you're seeing it. I mean, he's awesome in the box, uh, you know, attacking the mesh point in a cover three where he's lurking up near the line of scrimmage. But if you can make him backpedal and play coverage down the field, that's not his strength. And he can be picked on at times. So is Afonga going to step up uh, in coverage, you know, when it, when the when the money's on the table? I think that's a big question. I'm also eager. I'll tell you the other thing I thought was really great to see in this last game. Javon Kinlaw came back. He played 16 snaps. Shanahan said in the presser yesterday that he had no ill effects from those 16 snaps. The knee didn't swell on him. He's feeling great. Um, he had a huge play on the goal line um, on the was it third and one or or fourth and one where where Warner made the tackle and he basically just absorbed mm-hmm. two offensive linemen and freed up Warner yeah. to run to the ball carrier and detonate on him. And it's just like. You know what? If if Kinlaw can be healthy, he just gives the it makes their D line so much stronger because he can absorb bodies. I mean, he's so strong, and uh, that could really really help. All right, he's Larry Kruger. I'm John Dickinson. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Rich and Fremont will get to you coming back here uh, as we are presented by Fremont Bank. We got one hour to go. Presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.